Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast with Melanie Dawn, Jen Anderson, and Tanya Ryan. Well, I'm excited about this episode because Melanie and I were discussing something and we we noted we are called the Spiritual Boss Podcast and mm-hmm. we have been more focused, I think, recently or maybe even like entirely more on like spiritual stuff and we haven't done as much on like the business or the boss side of things. So we were discussing that and we got excited about a couple kind of concepts or ideas. And so this episode is a little bit more entrepreneurial. That's going to be my like my tongue twister word, I guess, for today. Um, and so we wanted to talk about certain things that come up when you're pursuing a business. And I think Melanie was saying, and I'll, I might be paraphrasing you poorly, so correct me where I might miss the boat. Um, but basically that we feel like there's going to be this kind of like wave of spiritual practitioners coming up. Like I think that the pandemic kind of has leaned certain people or certain demographic or a certain amount of people into exploring kind of spiritual concepts. And there might be some of you that are like, well, I'd love to make this into a business, but I don't know where to start, or I don't know how, or, you know, this person makes that look so easy. Why isn't that easy in my business or whatever, if you even maybe have already started your business, um, or maybe your business is where you want it to be. So we're going to like touch on, I think a few topics. Um, so today's might be like, I was thinking like today's might be like the checks mix bag (laughs) where we get like a little bit of everything in this episode. And then maybe we'll kind of like hone in on some other specific topics in other episodes. And so if there's anything specifically, um, like if you are out there and you're in your own business or you're starting your own business, or, um, you just think that there's a relevant topic that we could address as it pertains to like the spiritual entrepreneurial community, um, then please get in touch with us. But I think we're just going to kind of like roll with, roll with like the things that we kind of came up with that um, we notice, I guess, happening in our own businesses and maybe could be relatable to other people. Yeah. I love that. It's going to be the checks next bag. We don't know. <laughs> we never know where we're going, but this is exciting. Um, yeah. Spiritual boss hasn't been talking a lot about being a boss. And so here we are, uh, in what I do, I, I work with a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs and, uh, offer mentorship to them. And I'm noticing that there is a, there are some really gifted, gifted people out there that are waiting for permission and they're waiting for a certification or they're waiting for someone to let them know that it's okay to do what they do. And I think that that is probably the biggest roadblock for a spiritual entrepreneur is that permission slip. And you are the only one who can give it to yourself, no matter how many people. So I was just telling Tanya before we got on, Tanya actually did give me a permission slip, but I took it and ran with it. So when we first did our very first, Tanya and I didn't even know each other at one point in time. And she is such an entrepreneurial spirit. She saw a niche market in Okotoks that was waiting for aerial yoga to come in. And she knew that there was a lot more teachers that needed to be in that area. So what her little money brain saw was an opportunity to make money. (laughs) And she came and approached us. I literally had just graduated the aerial teacher training program. But if you know yoga, it's pretty similar. And she said, let's do a training. And I was like, 
I don't have the skills. I can't. And she's like, oh, if it's just like, uh, what did you say to me? (laughs) If you're worried about that, you don't know enough. Don't worry. We'll talk about that later. And then we never did. (laughs) And I waited, but we never did. And now here I am. We're still doing it. So you could also start with that. Just tell yourself, don't worry. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, exactly. If you wait till you're ready, you'll never be ready. Is that like the whole, that's like the cheesy uh, cliche racket? I I believe that the, okay, um, I got, I got something I can kind of run with here as far as like, I was talking to a friend of mine and um, was telling her about like how I... Um, kind of like got through stage fright because I never as a performer didn't feel it. Like it was like, I always got nervous before shows. I always worried about like how I was going to sound or if I was going to screw up or like I had all of those general, you know, public speaking anxiety, the performance anxiety, like had all of it. And so something that I did was to deal with it because the the show must go on (laughs) was I basically was like, well, I'm going to pretend that I feel confident. I'm going to pretend that I'm, you know, a professional. I'm going to pretend that I'm, you know, whatever. I'm going to pretend all this stuff. And in doing so, eventually I bought my own bullshit. Like I kind of like, yeah. you know, bought my own sales pitch. And, but what's interesting about this was, cause I, I kind of was like unpacking this with my friend was going like, yeah, like, cause someone did call me on this and said, well, that's kind of like disingenuine. Like that's not authentic. And I said, I think I disagree with you though, because I think that really the, all those things that were coming up and giving me anxiety and saying like, basically saying you're not good enough or how dare you think you're good enough to go and do this. That's the part that's not genuine. Mm-hmm. that's and really so really what I did was like aligned into what I know I am and trusted that I you know was good enough to show up in that position and that I you know if I was going to make a mistake that I could I could figure it out and so really I was going into trust and I was like even though it felt like pretending it truly was actually just setting aside all of those like ego worries and fears and just kind of like going into um like going into what is really like trust and um, like, I think closer to true self. Um, Mm -hmm. But in the moment it might feel like pretending like it might. So that's more what I'm speaking to as far as just like, if anyone's going through that, like that whole like imposter syndrome is real. Right. And um, so if you're going through the thing where you're like, well, I'm just not qualified yet to be able to offer this. It's like, is that real? Or is that like the belief? Like, is that, is that kind of, is that just like a part of your brain telling you that you're not ready? Because I'm kind of like under the belief that like, so when we did do that aerial training um, and that did come up, it's like, well, I don't, I don't know enough to, to, to teach this as a trainer. And it's like, well, you know, more than anyone that's coming into the room though. Like, and, I, yeah. and at the time I had no aerial training. I'm like, you know, more than I do. Like you could te- <laughs> teach me how to train like you could teach me aerial yoga. You could, why, why, what's the difference? Like what's the difference between teaching me and teaching a, a room full of people? If you know more than them, then there you go. You have an audience, you have a place. And I think people maybe think they need to be experts at something before they're even qualified to share their knowledge. And I think we need to understand that 
um, it's, we do have experts in certain fields and that's wonderful, but it doesn't mean that your level of knowledge isn't important to a certain community or group of people. And like hearing things through your voice and through your lens is also going to create a nuance that's going to be important too. And mm -hmm. again, like, so it's like kind of like there's 7.7 .7 billion people in this world. And that's like a number that we can't actually, like I've I read something that the human brain can't actually grasp. There's a certain number we reach where we tap out. We can't even actually grasp the concept of it, but 7.7 .7 billion people on this planet. And trust me, you have a market. <laughs> like it's yeah. just a matter of like raising your flag, turning your lights on and being like, okay, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. And it's the concept of building belief, right? And consciously choosing your personality in that moment. I don't think it's, I, I do see where the person is saying like, oh, I, I see how that's disingenuous, but disingenuous, I think is siding with a personality that keeps you tucked away. I think that's disingenuous to your soul, to your spirit. Cause your spirit is obviously saying, I want to be seen. I have this to share. So, uh, building belief and creating authority, build and this is one thing that happened for me I took this little mini marketing course and she said become the authority uh, on on what you are so no one's going to hand you that torch and say here Melanie now you get to the be the authority on energy I have to decide in that moment I have something to share and I'm going to back it with this belief that I have authority and when you have that power of authority behind it it has a different vibration, just like when you think about manifesting. You can't just think about manifesting. You have to feel the vibration of what you're manifesting. So if you're manifesting this career, you have to already be in it. And to say that two years ago I could have even manifested the energy that I feel right now is would be a lie. There's no way I could have known, but I could always say something bigger, <laughs> something bigger. I may not know what it was, but something bigger. And then as it comes, your life landscape changes. I was going through this last night and looking at where I am now to where I was in 2016. In 2016, all I wanted, like this was like, this would have been the apple pie uh, of my, of my uh, world would be to teach in a yoga studio. And now, and not to say that that's no small feat because at that time competition was fierce and it was hard to find a spot at a studio. But now I look back and I was like, Oh, wow. Like, and you did it. And then you didn't celebrate it. And then you did this and then you didn't celebrate it. It just became a fact of life. So as you move through all these different layers of your personality that you have to take off the code of, I'm not good enough. And you have to take off the code of people will think I'm weird or my family is going to, and I know Tanya that you, we talked about this at the beginning of spiritual boss podcast, and it's worthy of looking at again, because I had the same is people are going to think I'm weird. People will, uh, disrespect me in a way. They won't have the same respect for me I'll lose my status. And I don't think as long as you believe in you, that anyone else will not believe in you. And I know that didn't come out the way I wanted it to, but you are the permission slip in this life. If you believe in you, everyone else by default will. And if they don't, kick rocks, <laughs> right? Like sayonara, hasta la vista, as the Terminator would say. But yeah, that's, I think that's where I, I'm going to stop on mine. <laughs> well, I like what you said too about 
um, how you almost like you missed celebrating these like little milestones. Um, cause I find that really relatable too, is that you have, maybe we have these really big ambitions or dreams or our, our ambitions and dreams are always going to shift as we shift. Right. So, um, you know, like for lack of a better analogy, um, when you're in kindergarten, you might think about how cool it is to be in grade five. And when you're in grade five, you might think about how cool it is to be in grade eight. And when you're in grade eight, it's so cool to be in high school. Like, but at no point did we go like, uh, well, probably in kindergarten, we probably celebrated that because we were, <laughs> we were still in celebration mode. Yeah, we, it's a little different, but, yeah. um, it's, uh, I look back on some accomplishments that I had in my music and I did not celebrate the I'm thinking, well, this is just a step on the way to what I can celebrate or what's worth celebrating. And I think that I like, I deserved more for myself in those moments. Like I wish I would have like, I wish I would have taken more time to just be like, Hey, like you created something like amazing. This is amazing. Like, let's celebrate this. And there were some things or some things I could have celebrated that I, in the moment, accepted them as losses. And I go back and go like, oh, I took that as a loss when really that was something I could have been like, hey, this is pretty freaking cool. So like, yeah, anyways. So I feel like that's the other thing too, is there's kind of like no to me, there's nothing too small to celebrate now. Like, go, you know, cupcakes aren't expensive. Go get, <laughs> go get a cupcake and a candle and celebrate like your first client or you had 10 clients or that you overcame like your, your social media posting anxiety and yes, you put something you out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, there is nothing too small for you to celebrate. I think would be like the thing I would also retroactively go back. And like, if I was going to business coach myself, like 10 years ago, that's something that I would say is like, Hey, I know you got big dreams and you got a lot of stuff you want to do. And I think that's really great. But along the way also celebrate, because I think the other thing that I had to unwind too, because I'm not pursuing music now was that I like failed because I didn't achieve, you know, the things that I wanted to and the things that I planned for. And so it's been really, really challenging for me to like actually retroactively go back and then look at all those little things that I did. I I just completely overlooked them. So they didn't count as achievements in my brain. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, Oh my God, look at what I've done with this. It's nothing. It's been 12 years and I have accomplished nothing, but it would be funny because Facebook, um, as much as I believe it to be a bit of a curse, it's a blessing when it shows you memories. Cause yeah. it'll show me memories. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. That's so cool. And in that moment I can go back to my headspace and go, and I did not give it the time of day. Like I totally brushed by it, overlooked it, but in hindsight, I go, wow, that's really cool. And then someone else, I went, I don't know, in somewhere, someone created a bio for me. They obviously did their homework, which I always think is really cool when people put that much effort in. And they talked about these things that I had done. And I was like, oh, I forgot about half that stuff that that does make me sound really cool. (laughs) (laughs) I am pretty cool. So uh, yeah, so celebrating uh, those like, basically there's no accomplishment too small to celebrate. And I think that that's something we're unwinding from our history or the way we grew up is mm-hmm. that, you know, only certain like success has been defined in this box. And it, it does, I would argue just like you give yourself failure. that permission that you were saying, like you give yourself that, what did you say? Receipt? You, uh, yeah. Like, permission uh, slip. Permission slip. You are also in charge of being the person who defines 
and create like that success bar. So it doesn't have to be up to somebody else's success bar. And also, if you're like me, just check your own success bar. And who was that? Who are the, what are the qualities of your own success bar? And are, were they built around indoctrinations of like the way that you grew up? So it's kind of like, yeah, just, uh, I, that's something I think that's important, I guess. Yeah. feels like you're missing the whole experience. And, um, I know when we look from the outside in and I'm speaking to the people who are wanting to step into their energy, uh, work or doing something a little different, non-conventional, non-conformist, I think from the outside looking in, it appears as though everybody just has success stacked on top of success, but that's just not the case. Success as as we perceive it is always a string of failures behind it or what we perceived as failures like Tanya was talking about and um, looking back now, it was just that expectation that was attached to it that made it feel like a fail. But wherever she's going and I don't know if you will ever pursue music again, but it, that energy is still sitting there waiting for you. I, I feel it. <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. And when you even do, uh, you offer something and no one signs up, the success is that you stepped out of your com- comfort zone. The success is that you felt the energy, you acknowledged the energy, maybe you didn't have quite the frequency uh, of confidence or authority to magnetize people in, but the next time you do, you may get one person sign up, or you may get 10 or 100, but it, it will always come if you don't stop. It's that first failure that usually we stop at, and then it, it's... Um, we're a society of quick, uh, what do they call that? Instant reward, instant gratification. If the gratification turns into, wow, it felt really good just to be me in that moment. It felt really good just to put something out there that reflected who I was. I think that's the success in itself. And then you stack on from there and you find out who you were and who your voice is and who you're speaking to and know that Tanya and I both have put out programs, have put, have had offerings and they've, they've flopped. (laughs) And what we do is go, okay, so I know. And so, and Tanya was talking about this right before we went on, but if it's motivated by money, example, I'm broke and I need to push this program right now. It's going to be surrounded with the energy of lack. If the program is like, wow, this is really like burning a hole through my heart. I have to share it. That energy is abundance. So logically it's going to start to attract. If it doesn't attract, then I would look at, was the timing right? Was I, and this happens to me too you choose the timing that you think. And Tanya, I know you have, we just talked about this with your, me and Jen had swayed Tanya a little bit. And then her, her, uh, magnetic frequency is at a different time than ours is. So we swayed her, but look at your timing. Did I time it so that people will come or did I time it for a time when I'd feel most myself when it would work best for me? Did I price it at a point that I thought people would pay or did I price it at what I was told? Like, so for me, I always get the 
download. Yeah. I always get the download. It has to be this price. So if I don't follow that, it never works. I don't like, and I usually you go on the low side because your worthiness comes into play. So you go under it. Well, that creative idea is like a, a child. It doesn't want to be devalued. It doesn't have the same worthiness issues as you. It's like, peace out, girl. I'm going to go find someone who will offer me at my energetic exchange. So always thinking about the energetic exchange and because one thing didn't work and you feel passionate about it, maybe the marketing needs to change. Maybe the name needs to change. Maybe the image, the colors need to change. But work on all the subtleties before you throw everything out especially if you feel so strongly about it, like you said, like if it's just like, yeah. if it's a really big passion project and you feel like really hearty about it, I think that's like a, a really big green light, especially if you know your human design and you're a generator, then, you know, I am <laughs> or, a, or a Manny Jenny because yeah. you're a Manny Jenny, I think, aren't you? No, I'm, I actually thought I was a Manny Jenny, but I'm just a pure generator with emotional authority, which is why I always say I'm going to do things without thinking about it for 24 hours. And then you never hear about it again. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm reining that in though. I wanted to just give uh, more context to the thing that you mentioned. So yeah, Jen and Mel, uh, cause I almost always offer programs on Sundays or the weekends and Jen and Mel were like, Oh my gosh, that totally doesn't work for me. Like they said this in the polite way. I'm not, I'm paraphrasing terribly, but they're <laughs> oh basically something along lines of like, Hey, you should try like a, a weekday or the whatever, whatever. And so it was funny. So I was like, yeah, okay, well like it's worth, worth a shot. Why not? And it was funny to me in confirmation of this exact concept that we're just trying to relay. So that's why I'm sharing this is I, um, put out two, uh, two exact offerings, one on a Friday evening and one on a Sunday morning. Now, Sunday morning is what I would usually personally by default choose myself. And then the Friday evening one was like, sure, but it's just not my usual window. Anyways, the Friday had zero signups and the Sunday sold out. So, and like pretty much in the, like actually the Sunday sold out way in advance and had almost no advertising behind it. I think it was like put out basically. One story. (laughs) It was, well, I think it was actually in association with the Friday. So it was basically going like, Hey, this Friday event is happening. And the people contacted and they said, well, well, she's also coming on Sunday. And, and then people, I want to book Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) So you, I, I think you, and this, I, I was talking to your friend about this too, that I think each of us has kind of like our own energetic, like vibe on when our offerings are strongest. So that's why, like, I just want to reinforce what Mel said. Don't think, don't put it out when you think people will sign up, put it out when you feel like that's a good time for you and a good time, like your brain is on and you're excited to do it. And you're like happy to sit down. And I feel like that's like going to create that magnetic pull. Yeah, this, this happened too. So, um, I haven't been able to host an in-person Reiki training for a really long time. And I started to create an online Reiki training, although it didn't 100% feel in alignment. I was like, I'm going to miss the people. I'm going to miss the physical practice of working with energy, the manual, all of that stuff. I could totally forego, but I didn't even see that. It was just going to be a straight online program. Then all of a sudden I was like, oh, 
I can do this as a hybrid. I can, because you remember, Tanya, how we get terrible headaches in the afternoon? Mm -hmm. So when you work inside the channel like we do when we're in the trainings that I offer, because I am coaxing people into their intuitive space, when your crown chakra is open for five, six, seven hours on end, you get the most excruciating headaches and literally like we're peppermint oiled up. Everyone's trying to do their best just to make it through the day. So it's painful experience to go the whole day in the, in the channel. And then I was like, Oh, I can use this online program that I didn't really know why I was creating. I didn't market it very hard and I can do the manual portion on there. And all my teachings are on there. Everything's on there. There's like probably eight to 10 hours of stuff on there. And then we can get together, have the physical space and physical practice. And even at that, so it was just, I may just change the time slightly, but this last one was three hours. It sold out like, like so quickly. I was shocked. And then I was like, started to go, Oh, well, am I giving them enough? And then I just had to say, turn your brain off. We are suckers for suffering. <laughs> so if you notice that you are in a, a brain space that is problematic and not solution oriented, it's best to just divert. It's not serving you in any way, but making you more familiar with your past feelings of being uncomfortable, feeling not worthy, all of that stuff. So as soon as that started to come up for me, I was like, I'm going to take the eight people signed up for this as the, uh, as the permission slip that this is wanted and this is needed. So even though it was a success, it sold out. My brain wanted to second guess everything that I was offering. So even with success comes second guessing. So I've said so, so many times, but (laughs) (laughs) I get on a roll and that's my favorite word. Just looking at is what I'm thinking about myself, about my offering productive to me offering more? Is it conducive to my soul and what it desires from me? And if not, then shift and get to work because you obviously have excess energy. <laughs> hey, this is brilliant. Like, I love, love how you've said this. I love that you've said this because what you're essentially saying, and I don't know if you even noticed that you just sort of said it, like we basically just talked about how if you put an offering out there and no one kind of like snaps it up kind of thing that we can read into that and then go question it and get like, Oh, was this, was this, was this, but then you can put out a a, a completely successful offering and then question that. So the questioning is the part of ourselves that we really got to like basically just, just shake hands with, make, make friends, but not like take too seriously um, because they're going to be in the vehicle, but they shouldn't be driving. Yeah. Um, right. Is this valid? Like, yes, I hear you. I see you, but is it valid? Is it true? And if you can't prove that it's true or something that you actually think needs to be changed, because with the online offering, every time I went to put it out, I was like, yeah, I just, it, I, I wasn't feeling it. I couldn't authentically market it. And then out of nowhere, it just turned into a hybrid. I truly can't even tell you how it happened. It just... It just happened. That's so cool. And that's the miracle of the remake, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't get thrown out with the, uh, the throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It got multi-purposed. So there's still an online portion for anyone who ever wants to do it. But for me, I like to be 
in presence with people or at least have them online and be able to work with them in the moment. And so for me, that's my magnetic energy. And then woof, it, you just pull it in. I want to rewind for a second because um, I think there's something that's relevant to especially our community of people. Um, and so there's going to be part of that whole like little block or insecurity or whatever we want to kind of call that voice that questions things. Um, if you put out an offering and no one jumps on board or you get zero registrations and, um, just, yeah, for emphasis, like I have definitely <laughs> experienced this, um, is sometimes I notice that people want to take that as a sign, like, Oh, well, that's a sign that that's not the right thing to put out there. Or that's a sign that, you know, whatever, so it's kind of like navigating. So this, I guess I'll put this out for discussion between you and I, cause I'd love to hear how you manage this, but like, how do you navigate the, when is it like a quote unquote sign or like, how do I know when I'm out of energetic alignment with what I'm offering versus, um, when I just need to try again or shift something about it to like, make it, make it work kind of thing. Do you know what I'm asking? Do I need yeah. to? Yeah. I think for me, I know right from the beginning. Because if I'm out of alignment with it, it's I'm doing it for money. <laughs> or uh, back in the olden days, I used to see something that was successful and I would do that. I'd be like, oh, well, look at that. Oh, I'm going to do that exact thing. Or I'm going to market it in this way. I'm going to create a graphic in this way. And so every time I've, I've really flopped on my face is one uh, greed and then two and yeah. And greed can look broke. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm like, is it greed or is it lack? Cause yeah. Yeah. But money oriented. Same vibe, yeah. Yeah. Money oriented or, um, comparative. So, Oh, this looks successful on someone else. I'm going to try to wear their pants and mm -hmm. I have a huge ass. I don't fit in most people's pants. <laughs> have to find my own. And those are the two things that I kind of base it on is, did I do it for money or did I do it trying to be more like someone else? Cause I saw what I thought was successful. And you know, guys, what you see out there that looks successful may actually really not be successful. So it's like the magician's hand. They, they're, they're making you think and look in one place and something totally different is going on. So always sitting with, does this feel right? And even with marketing, do I feel lured into this or do I feel like I need it? And that, um, I don't, there's always some kind of feeling that I get and marketing now plays on people's pain points. So we have to be really, really, uh, cognizant of what we're feeling and discern it, Did I truly need this before I heard about all the pains that I'm in, or is it something that I actually, um, need and crave? Those are kind of my things no, from consumer and producer. That's amazing. I love that. And I think, I think mine is a, just yeah, like basically like a little bit of check-in is kind of go, okay, well, when I put that out there, yeah. What was when I, what was my motivation? So was it, yes, I was excited about it. Great. Was the, um, was I copycatting? Was I doing this from a lack place? Was like, it's kind of, I kind of do like a little interview with myself. And then the other thing that I'll do is go in and check and go, okay, well, what, what was out of alignment? So pretend, pretend, cause I can be, cause remember I'm the person who's like, start things before they're ready. 
So that's the other thing is I put out lots of programs that I haven't yeah. hit because I follow the philosophy that I'll never be ready. So sometimes I think I put things out almost before they're ready and then Same. they don't hit and that's okay. Cause mm-hmm. who cares? I'll just try it again. But, um, I think that um, what will happen is is kind of like Mel did that hybrid switch before she offered it initially, whereas probably the way that I would have failed at that would have been I would have put the initial program out. It probably wouldn't have landed. And then I would have come to the, okay, where does this need to transform in order to be in better alignment with me? And I think that's the other thing too is, again, like um, if we're changing our programs or our offerings to be in a better alignment with the people we want there, I think that can get misguided too. So it's like I think we have to keep coming back into self, like keep coming back into where can this be a better reflection of me and what what I, my gifts and what I want to share with the world and what makes me excited and happy and whatever versus like what will quote unquote work or be better for other people. That's like a, we can, we can reference past podcasts and go like, Hey, it's a really good practice of unwinding your people pleasing <laughs> is, your, is. is your marketing and your business. Cause you have to keep coming back into like you, cause it's not about like the other people it is because they're coming, but it's still, you have to, you're the provider and it's sort of like, I don't know, trying to, to fill everybody else's cups, but you haven't even addressed the volume of your own. So you gotta, you gotta be a pitcher in order to serve a bunch of cups. Yeah. And even when you say coming back into you, so once I do have a program, it is hard when you're a spiritual entrepreneur because you're essentially marketing yourself. And as a woman, especially, we've all been kind of conditioned to play it really small, safe and stay out of the way. How I overcame that is this creation was given to me. It's a birth and I'm marketing like a mother. That's how I market. I'm marketing like a mother who cares about the nurturing of this child, who wants to see it grow and wants to see it become successful. So that's one way I change hats a little bit when I'm doing my marketing is it's not me anymore. Um, even if it is just literally me teaching a Reiki training, I, I work from source. So I'm here marketing for source. I'm here saying, hi, I'm a peer channel and uh, we'd like you to join us in our trainings. That's where I come from. So um, I think a great episode going forward to Tanya would be what kinds of things we use to change the frequency of an offer. And I, I think that would be a really beautiful tie in, but, uh, let's make that another one. I was just going to, it's funny. You like read my mind. Cause I, I know that there is, um, like a lot of us have an ick factor to the marketing. Cause I think there's a lot of us that really struggle with what I'm going to call bro marketing. Um, it's kind of this, uh, if you, if you go, if you go onto TikTok and you go hashtag bro marketing, um, there's basic or hustle marketing or whatever, but basically, um, there was like this trend where, um, and, and basically marketing as manipulation, essentially mm-hmm. telling someone they have a lack and that your product service or whatever can fill that lack. But I think a lot of us, yeah. yeah and I yeah. think a lot of us, that doesn't resonate because we can, we know that that's manipulative. Essentially mm-hmm. we're telling someone, Hey, you're not enough, but if you do what I say, you'll be enough. And that's yeah. messed you up. You need me. Yeah. And that's out of, uh, I think that's out of alignment with most of us. And so 
what's interesting is I was actually just, I was, I just did a reading last week and where I shine in readings is tends to be in business related ideas in relationship and communication. Um, I would say those are like my two main spaces. So if you're in conflict with someone, or if you are, um, an entrepreneur, those are where my tarot readings are going to be the most, uh, I don't know, like strongest, I don't know that's just what I've noticed. And I had a really cool conversation with someone because that was essentially what they were kind of grappling with. They they were wanting more business and wanting more clients. And they were telling me about the like ickiness that it felt like to continuously be promoting themselves and, Mm. and that that's like definitely things. So I think we should make that like a whole episode, but in that reading, what came through was so cool. So this is the other thing is like, you can even intuit if you identify as an intu, um, um, uh, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Intuitive. Sorry. Okay. Brain <laughs> glitch, intuitive, psychic, mystic, whatever your word is. If you identify that way, you can actually go into source. Like I love what you just said, Melanie, like you mother your business. So it's not promoting or marketing. It's just like how a mom would tell you about an accomplishment of her kids and just going like, my kid did this today. It was so cool. And that's going to carry a different energy than like my kids better than your kid or like whatever. Yeah. Um, So you can go in and you can intuit business solutions. Um, but I will share this one just because I think it'd be rude to save it to the next time, but maybe we'll elaborate on it next time. Um, but one of them was, um, was, uh, I was speaking to her about, well, it's, it's not marketing. Think of it as sharing. So it's like going, you're sharing what you have to offer. It's essentially kind of going like, Hey, this is, this is here and it exists. So it's telling people that. And then the thing that came through that was really cool that I actually wrote down and I told her that I was like, hang on, I need a pen because I think I'm going to use this. Um, and so I wrote it and I can't remember my reading. So if I don't write it down, it's gone. No, me Um, too. (laughs) Great advice from them though. Uh, Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, but you know, source knows what it's talking about. Yeah. Um, is what you can do is essentially know, because again, we have 7.7 billion people on this planet, know that somebody wants your service product or et cetera, like whatever it is, somebody wants your service or product, AKA they desire to buy it. They haven't yet. So you go into source, you sit with your intuition. And the question you ask is what do they need from me? in order to purchase book, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So you ask source the question. And then sometimes this could be like, uh, and this is again, bad examples, bear with me, but like, it could be, they want to know more about you. So Mm -hmm. maybe your post then is not necessarily marketing or doesn't feel like marketing. It's just a post with your face and like a little bit of your backstory or history or why you got into what you're doing or what, um, you're passionate about. But essentially the answer, the question could be like, they want to know more about you. It could be, Hey, they want to see your space. So then maybe your post is like a picture of your treatment room or a picture of your manual cover or whatever. They want to see something. Mm -hmm. Um, they could say they want to know 
more details about the modules or whatever, but it's just go, basically you go in and you can intuit those, the content for, for your marketing materials. So they don't feel so markety and they yeah. don't feel like you're manipulating or bending someone into the product choice. And I think that's a common thing that comes up with people when we talk about people copying or doing what works. I'm saying that with like air quotes is we see people marketing a certain way. We see them having a certain level of success, whether that's perceived or tangible, because it can be tangible too. Some people hustle culture just works for them. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. I think some people that that's their vibe and that's how they roll. And that's perfect for them. It doesn't mean it's perfect for you just because it's effective for them. Do you notice about hustle culture and success is that there's a lot of repetition. So you have to get comfortable with repetition if you aren't constantly putting it out there. And that's one of the things that happens in the energetic entrepreneur world is they're here one day and gone the next, just like a fart in the wind. You don't know when they're going to be around. <laughs> so if, if you're not constantly telling people, Hey guys, I'm still here. I'm still holding out. I'm still offering these things. They forget they've moved on. So don't ever feel like, Oh, I'm annoying people. If you do feel like that, maybe it's best that you take them off of your page and, and, and no like ill will or anything. But if someone in the stadium stands is impacting the way that you market what, who you are and what you are, then that one person out of your probably 700 friends is really impacting your growth. So change that and keep, uh, keep putting yourself out there. This is the one thing I'll say. If you do have an offering, make one graphic and at least put it on two to three times a week if you want that to fill. If you don't, people are going to forget that you even offer it. Okay. And then I have a thing that makes, cause some people are like, Oh, but I don't want to be annoying. Okay. I have, yeah. I have an, a solution for that. It's for okay brain. to be annoying. <laughs> well, it's, Oh yeah. So first off, yeah, let's get rid of the people pleasing and it's okay to be annoying. But the other yeah. thing is, is like, I have a toddler and I might be on social media, see Melanie's offering a class and be like, Oh my gosh, that looks so cool. And then my toddler loses his shit and I got to go deal with him. (laughs) My phone goes down and my brain, no, like it's gone. It's no longer there. (laughs) It is the fart in the wind. Yeah. Melanie might then post it again a couple days later and I go, Oh yeah, right. That's right. I forgot. And then now my toddler is going to jump and like commit suicide off of a slide or something. So I got to go deal with it. It's it's basically like we're living in a culture where we're constantly being pulled and away from things. So just because someone hasn't signed up or hasn't reached out or expressed interest because you posted something a couple times, it might be a procrastinator. Oh my gosh. I'm a waiter. I'm a waiter. Popular. Yeah. Like last If I don't see it again, I'm out. I forget about it. But I'm always like, oh, I'll wait till it gets closer. And then if you aren't posting close, like you think, oh, everyone who wants to be here is is already here. Everyone's seen it. They're tired of it already. They may be waiting. Like we have to allow people to be their own energetic beings and don't retract. Don't change uh, the trajectory of, of your offering just because you think people may have seen it. I love seeing things over and over again. And even if it has just a little twist or hearing about it, uh, seeing a graphic and then seeing a video and there's so many different ways to change it up, but don't assume because people have already seen it. And I'm air quoting like Tanya there because they've already seen it, that they don't want it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
Okay, well, let's we'll expand that into a whole episode, and we'll leave it at that for yeah. today. Um, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of The Spiritual Boss. We are so grateful for you listening. Um, we take any and all input, so please get in touch with us. Um, you can email us, spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com, or, of course, we're on Instagram, at The Spiritual Boss Podcast, or you can contact Mel or me directly. Um, have a wonderful day. Be safe. Make good choices. Peace in. Peace out.